Hey, welcome to the Project Matter Podcast. My name is Drew Swanson, and in this episode, I invited my good friend Malia Purcell on the podcast. And what's interesting about Malia and my relationship is that I'm an openly gay man, and she is not LGBTQ plus affirming. And yeah, we are still friends. In this episode, Malia is going to be responding to the LGBTQ plus community from a Christian, non-affirming perspective. Her and I then just have a discussion about it. And before we start this episode, I just want to encourage you to listen to the first three LGBTQ plus and Christianity episodes before you listen to this one. You don't have to, but um, Malia does bring up things that are in those episodes in this episode. So it'll make more sense if you listen to the first three before you listen to this one. And just a quick disclaimer is that, and and Malia will bring this up again in the episode, uh, Malia is not attempting to represent all Christians, and I'm not attempting to represent all LGBTQ plus people. We're simply just not capable of doing that. So we're just two flawed people who have very different beliefs having a discussion. Anyway, here's our conversation. So Malia and I know each other through first school. We went to middle school together, then high school. But we also went to the same church. Um, I think you came to my church. I was 16. 16, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you attended that church Mm -hmm. until you were like 22. Two or something? Mm. Up until how long 24. ago? Okay. I was 24. So almost three years ago. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we were a part of the same youth group, and that was a big deal. You know, we were we were like a big old happy family. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the same college, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we just have a lot of history and a lot of... Uh, I think with history, like our relationship has changed and grown and yeah, evolved over time. And I guess also this is like the first time we've ever had this conversation either. So yeah, yeah, like we've never actually we've never talked like since you coming out or yeah anything like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, so this will cool. this will be interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's cool actually yeah it is it is cool because malia and i i'm she hasn't said anything yet but i'm assuming that we disagree on a lot of things <laughs> but we came into this conversation knowing that mm-hmm. and we're gonna have the conversation anyway yeah because we we can't see ourselves ending in a fist fight or anything like that so yeah <laughs> it'll, it'll be good just kidding i was gonna say speak for yourself yeah. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> so malia has uh, malia is a christian person um and she just has some things that she would like to say in response to uh just the lgbtq plus community just in general but also she has listened to all three of the stories um of lgbtq plus people just sharing how they experienced a christian non-affirming atmosphere so she has listened to those stories as well so she'll just be kind of responding to all of it. Um, 
responding to the LGBTQ plus community at large, and then also maybe some of the stuff that she heard in those interviews. So I'll just let Malia take it away. Thank you. And go ahead and respond. First, I would just like to say that I am just one person. While Drew asked me to speak on behalf of my community in response to the LGBTQ plus experience with Christianity, I am just one person. And my theology and how I operate in relationships may differ from others. This is a very difficult task for me to do because people in my own community might disagree with me on this. Some people would like me to defend the principle and the morality of this issue. Some people would like me to just gloss over the subject as if it's not a big deal. Some people would like me to cut off my relationship with Drew and everyone I come in contact with in the LGBTQ plus community. But I am a follower of Jesus and I am called to love God and love people. I'm called to love people, not like society portrays or claims love to be, but like the person of Jesus. I could defend my community and tell you all the reasons and verses as to why they did what they did or said what they said, but ultimately that would dismiss the pain of these words and or actions that they caused. As I am just a representative of this community, I can't promise that the church won't stop hurting those in the LGBTQ plus community. But please, know that we are trying. I want to say, as a member of the Christian community and behalf of my community, that I am sorry. I'm sorry for the hurt that we have caused, both directly and indirectly. I'm sorry for silencing you when we didn't know what to say or when we felt uncomfortable. I'm sorry for pushing our theology on you instead of listening. You deserve the respect, love, and attention as the human and the image bearer that you are. I may disagree with you on the morality of the issue, but I don't disagree that the ways in which it was handled, discussed, or not discussed is inappropriate either. I recognize that it is hard to distinguish between what is people talking and what is God especially when so much of our formative ideas about God come from people. But I think that it can do some good to step back and look at who God is for who he is, rather than who people claim him to be. Like you need to seek it out yourself and not to necessarily have people define God by the do's and don'ts. Because I think that he's so much more than that. Um, in response to the stories that I've listened to. Um, I wanted you to know that God was with you when you were navigating your childhood, when you were feeling rejected, humiliated, disrespected, confused, curious, mad. He was there. He was with you. On your darkest days, he was there. Uh, he cares about you. I heard this quote last weekend saying, Jesus doesn't want to be appeased. He doesn't want your nice facade or your behavioral modification. He wants to handle the very core of who you are. He wants to be trusted with your most intimate weakness. You see, Jesus just wants you. 
no matter what that looks like or how you show up. He is after your heart. I know people may have told you that you cannot know God or be in relationship with God and be queer. But honestly, that is a tension that God will walk through. And he is willing to walk through. You challenging him doesn't threaten him. You asking hard questions, he's just happy that you asked. He is way bigger and more indescribable than the passing comments that people make about what he thinks about you because you are queer. Um, there's a verse in Romans that says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any power, neither height nor depth or anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. God loves you and wants the best for you. Um, that's like my little blurp. Mm -hmm. And then I do have like... I disagree with all of that. Great. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> also, I realized I didn't preface. It's kind of like that it was a letter yeah. format. I, just... I think they got it. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, do you want to say something? No, well, I... I... I was kidding, by the way. No, I know. <laughs> I know you were. That, I was, just... that was very beautiful. That's cool. all I want to say. Thank I you. enjoyed that. Um, yeah, so now I just have like certain subjects that um, all either each of the stories touched on or there were ones that I felt needed to be talked about, I guess. Yeah. Something that had come up that a few times that I thought was a very big issue. Um, I think all three of you had mentioned someone in your life, like from the Christian community, basically damning you to hell. Um, and when I heard that, I immediately thought, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ultimately, that is not anyone's job to say who's going where mm -hmm. at, at the end of their life. No one on this planet. Yeah. Um, that is solely God's responsibility. And so to say because you are gay you're going to hell is garbage and no one should be speaking to you that way um and i like to think that people have the best of intentions but i'm also like what would make anybody want to follow the god that you are serving and use that kind of language Mm -hmm. that confuses me and then also i we aren't exempt like at the end of the day like we all need jesus so we are not exempt from <laughs> being damned either you know yeah. like we so the whole like pointing fingers because your sin 
is more obvious than mine doesn't make me better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, also doesn't make me exempt from going to hell either, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, like, that's why we need Jesus. Um, yeah. So I felt very, like, passionate about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like that's crossing the line. Like, you can't, like, great. Like, you've read your Bible. Okay. Like, then you've missed it, too, because Jesus is is really the answer. Jesus is who we need. So, yeah. Yeah. For me personally, I only had a couple of people tell me that I was basically going to hell. Mm. One of them very close to me. Mm-hmm. Another one, someone that I didn't even know at all, really, but mm. was one of my Facebook friends that <laughs> just Great. decided to, you know. Yeah instant message me about that um more more of it came from the pulpit indirectly mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily talking about the lgbtq plus community but just mm. like this um i guess theological lens sure of it was usually preaching James, the book of James, that talked about how if you do not, well, that if you have faith, it should be backed up by works yeah. or action, mm-hmm. repentance, you know, turning away from you. There should be a general theme of turning away from your sin. Um, and if there's not, that says something about your actual heart and your mm-hmm. actual faith. Yeah. And it, and for the evangelical community, faith is everything. If you don't have faith, you, you will go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. just the theology. So for a person like me who knew that train of thought mm-hmm. and how it was preached so much from the pulpit and also our church was very big on talking about sin and repentance and all that. Yeah. So... Um, and one, when I was trying to repent, I couldn't, Mm. like I tried, like I, I had a heart that wanted to, Yeah. but my actions, like I I couldn't shut off my homosexuality. I just couldn't do it. It was impossible for me. So, um, so my actions were come always almost always in conflict with what my heart was saying and sometimes Mm. a lot of times because of that i thought well maybe my heart's not in the right place and maybe my faith is messed up so then Mm. i thought well maybe i'm maybe i'm going to hell um but also being a now a lgbtq plus person who doesn't think it's a sin and I am actively not repenting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thinking back on the theology of, well, if you don't have faith, you, you will go to hell if you don't have faith in Jesus. Um, and 
because faith in Jesus includes trusting Jesus yeah. with your life and, you know, living a life con in continual repentance to Jesus. Now that I do not believe homosexuality as a sin, I see a large portion of my community thinking this guy's faith is fucked up. Yeah. Like, it's not real faith. Hmm. Like, um, so that's at least where I'm coming from. Yeah. And that's, and I do re recognize that not all the LGBT, LGBTQ plus community thinks through it the way I do. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's just the lens from somebody who grew up in this kind of community and really took like those words to heart. And, um, that's kind of where I'm at with it, I guess. Yeah. But now I don't even think there's a hell, so I'm not really worried about it. Okay. <laughs> but I, I am worried. I am worried. Well, I, it's a bummer for me mm. knowing that a large percentage of my past community does think I'm going to hell, including some of my close friends. I definitely see the tension that you are talking about mm -hmm. um, from the pulpit and hearing that when you have your own internal battle with that. Um, but something that I thought of, um, not only just now, but, but also when I was listening to yours, uh, your story, is while I understand, like, theologically, the whole faith and works thing and I understand I, I definitely understand that I think I just think that so often we get I say we because I do it um we get bogged down so much about theology and doing the right thing and and I'm not saying those things are bad but I think that at the end of the day, it comes down to you and God. And so many times we put our own limitations, um, either our own limitations or just human limitations onto God and think because I can't show up for you in this way, you don't want me. And I disagree with that. I think that while the evidence of your faith does show up in action, sure. But on the other hand, they also talk, I think in Matthew, it talks about how your actions are nothing without faith. So, I think 
this is just my how I <laughs> um, a lot of times navigate difficult scripture or yeah just theology in general is I'm allowed to challenge it I'm allowed to press back and the thing that's cool about that is that God is like that's okay that's cool I'm not moved by you questioning things like I'm still here for you I'm still here and I'm still showing up and I'm and I think that for me that's been that is a huge part of me even studying theology or being able to have conversations like this even like having relationships with people that I disagree with but at the end of the day that I still love but I have to now navigate that mm -hmm. even when I'm like not sure if I'm doing it right you know but he's like no it's cool like I'm not threat like my love for you is not conditioned and so I can wrestle with everything yeah and know that he's still going to be there so to bring that back I think that that's true for everybody that he's okay with that like he's okay with your questions or challenging or being like yeah but this is hard or I don't understand James I don't know I I think I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that so much we get hung up on like one verse that we miss the whole picture and I think that it's important to note that yeah the that one verse is part of the picture but you can't focus on that solely because then I think that Christianity or just your relationship with God in general it becomes about those details I guess so basically you're saying that God loves you and it's important not to nitpick certain details out of the Bible and overemphasize them like the faith and works thing yeah I'm not but I'm also not discounting that I'm saying that God is bigger than that that he can walk in that tension with you I think sometimes we just focus on the results like this passage says this so this is who I am or this is where I'm going or this is and I don't say that I wouldn't say that in all verses but I think that one in particular and in your example yeah I think we get distracted I think it's way bigger than than that I think there was a reason that you were wrestling with it but I think I'm I don't want to speak for you but I imagine that you were like God doesn't give a shit about me anymore because I can't do this or I'm going to hell or I'm fill in the blank when I think that he's much bigger than that and bigger than your struggle and bigger yeah. than that tension that you were living in yeah I don't think I well what I experienced in my heart was very different than what was going on in my brain mm. 
but I can say that in my head, I could accept that God loves me. But I also knew that God like, sends people to hell that he loves all the time. Mm. You know, he loves everybody. Yeah. And he, he wants to be with them, but they are choosing their fate, basically. Sure. And some people would even have a problem with me saying that God sends you to hell. But um, it was mainly like I was choosing that. Um, or perhaps I was choosing that path or my faith wasn't good enough. Mm. And D- but defined God, by who? I guess God, you know, I put that, I did put that on God because of what I said. Like it was almost, I will admit it was almost like legalism mm. disguised in faith. Like mm. a lot of people, there's there's this idea of there's faith and then there's works. You're not saved by works, right? You're saved by your faith. But what I'm saying is, is what I was preached. There was a fusion of those two ideas to encapsulate faith. If faith is like the tip of the diagram, and then there's two branches. One is belief, and one is action. Yeah, and those are like what defines faith. Yeah. I saw the same diagram. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I drew that diagram. I taught that diagram, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I I felt like my faith wasn't mm. actual faith. Yeah. So since your actions were at the lower end of this triangle, yeah, then your belief was also down at the lower end too and therefore you don't have faith therefore fill in the yeah i think that's an accurate way to describe it yeah mm. um which i would this is a whole nother discussion but i just haven't i have a problem with that whole diagram because mm-hmm. what you end up with if you, if you take it too far you end up in legalism yeah and and that's what I felt like I mm. I was taught, mm. and it was disguised in language like faith, like just have faith and you're saved. But faith meant it was more than believing, and mm. it was even more than just a general propensity to act on the right belief. It was like pure down to like very specific things that you got to do. And then I felt like my faith wasn't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I I really get that. I mean, I can look back and see why you would interpret it that way. Like I, like, that made that sentence made it sound like pointed towards you, but I just mean I remember conversations like that, mm-hmm. and and sexuality was such a big one, right? So huge. It was we were yeah. So it, was, it was the main thing yeah in our community, and homosexuality was 
that's a big one. If yeah. you're going to, you can have the, the propensity to be like, to, you can be sexually attracted to guys, but man, if you act on that, mm. that, that, if you're not repentant in that area, you are, your faith is bullshit. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I, yeah, I, yeah, I see it. So that's, that's where I was going with it. And that's what, that's I, why I felt like perhaps my community is saying that I'm going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in the church believe that. And then I also think people outside the church just get that vibe, you know, without all the details we're talking about, but just like, yeah, yeah obviously like I'm an outsider to them. Like oh. I'm probably not going to be in the king. I'm probably not going to be in heaven if there is, if they're right, you know? Yeah. No, so. I have a, um, I have a cousin who for a long time, she didn't want to tell me, um, anything like, about her gender identity or sexuality, any of it, because she has another family member who is a Christian, and she was like, well, I just didn't know how you would respond. And I was like, oh, well, I, I love you. Like, there's nothing more to that. But all that, all that to say, though, is, yeah, there is, like, a stigma, for sure, yeah. of... This is, this is where I'm going, and this is what all those people think of me. Um, oh my gosh, there was something you said, else you said before that though that I wanted to say something. Just talking about how faith is. Well, oh, le legalism you, is yeah. is disguised in fluffy words like faith, but it, but when people are talking about faith, a lot in evangelicalism, yeah, it's it. Legalism. It's show up legalism in this... is a part of it yeah it's yeah your faith has to show up in a certain way right yeah i think that one i agree that we kind of hyper focused on sexuality in general and talked about it probably way too much um and i think that made it so that your sexuality was a topic of conversation every week. Yeah. And also with that was like the lens in which you were hearing things too. Cause you're like, this is me. This is, they're talking about me right now. And now I am like, I'm going to make a statement and it's, the way that I'm saying it will sound more flippant than I mean. Okay. But it's not a big deal. And I mean that in that it is a big deal in the grand scheme. It's not a big deal in that we need to be talking about it every week or that your struggle or your sin is different than mine that's what i mean by it's not a big deal like i suppose i don't view it any different than i view every other person hmm. that yeah. has issues and i throw myself in there too i'm like i have a boatload you know it's 
It's just we're all different. And I think in your story it and in our the community that we grew up in is sexuality was a common theme that we talked about. And so and I think just in the church in general, I mean, purity culture is a thing for, a re- you know, we yeah. call it that for a reason. Like we it was talked about a lot and probably not in the most healthy ways. And um, and so I feel like in your situation, it made it a bigger sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing with Jasmine. Mm-hmm. I'll plug her episode. Um, but like it was a bigger sin. And when we all had something going on, very, very obviously had something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, what, I, what I'm hearing you say is homosexuality is a sin, but it's no greater than anybody's sin. Yeah. And to say that somebody who is LGBTQ plus and is acting on it is no greater of a sin than anything else. Yeah. And to say that they're going to hell would mean, well, maybe we're going to hell then. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I Exactly. Okay. Well, we Sorry. can move on. Do you I, have a response to that, though? Well, well, I guess you also say you don't believe in hell, so. Well, that, yeah, that a, par- a part of this is, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say worthless conversation, but um, I think it's good for people who are um, trying to be a Christian and be LGBTQ+. Plus. You know, yeah. this part of the conversation sure. for me means nothing because I don't believe in hell. That's fine. Or anything. I'm not just <laughs> here for you, okay? <laughs> but uh, I think you you can say that, and I I think you can believe that, mm-hmm. and I think an LGBTQ plus Christian can also believe that. But sexuality is such a big part of the human experience Mm -hmm. that when an LGBTQ plus person is experiencing same-sex attraction or, or whatever, or, or, you know, we haven't talked about gender or anything, but, you know, stuff like that, um, they are constantly experiencing something that is not good in the sight of God mm. constantly. I yeah. think I, like somebody who struggles with anger mm-hmm. or uh, or gluttony or, you know, just name, I don't know, uh, or pride or I would argue that all those things are pretty pertinent to the human experience, but sexuality is even bigger. Sure. And the whole construct of what you believe about your gender, that's bigger Mm -hmm. than most of those things. Mm -hmm. And so the second you say that those things are bad or a sin, that person is probably going to feel 
a greater amount of shame slash unhealthy thoughts like maybe I am going to hell Mm -hmm. than somebody else. Um, And I don't want to, I'm saying that with a grain of salt because I don't know what everybody's story is, but I'm simply making the observation that sexuality and the idea of gender, Mm -hmm. I'm saying generally speaking, I do think those are bigger experiences to a human being than many other things. Yeah. So I guess that's more of just like a general response, but yeah. not not necessarily discounting what you're saying, but just No, I don't feel that. Saying that. And yeah. um in order for somebody to feel okay even knowing that it's going to take a village for them to believe it in their heart. Yeah. And even then they may not ever believe it in their heart because it's such a big part of them. Yeah. Yeah. I guess my response to that is God is very aware of your sexuality is very aware of this internal struggle that you may be having or not. And not only like, does he know that and acknowledge that that's one thing, but he gets it. And while I probably don't understand it fully because that is not my, um, I don't have that like yeah. predisposition, right. you know, mm-hmm. is that the right word I'm looking for? Sure. Yeah. I like, know what you're saying. Like you're not, you don't have LGBTQ plus kind of, that's not my reality. Yeah. Yeah. Experiences. Yeah. I'm, yeah, exactly. So I, while I have a very narrow short sighted view and understanding of that, I don't think that it is too complicated for God to understand. And to be able to identify those things with you. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I think often gets missed, maybe. Or, I mean, I didn't know it for a long time. Um, is realizing, like, not only does God identify us, identify with us in... Not only does he identify us in our human experience of everything that we go through, um, good and bad, like deep pain and sorrow, but also great joy and triumph and all the things that make humans human on this planet. Like he understands that and lives it and feels it, but also we are also his kids. So I also would say that not only does he like feel these, those things with you. And for me, this is pretty, this like statement I'm about to make is like, I learned in the context of pain is not only does God feel your pain with you, but he also mourns the fact that his child is going through that pain. And... And I think, like, that is 
just like the touch of of suffering of God, but I, but that's why I keep going back to that. I mean, I'm not saying this to diminish anybody's identity or sexuality, but he gets it and he's bigger than it and he can handle it. And also I, I'll, I touch, I mean, this is actually probably like a good segue is he is very much a part of and feels the pain that has and does come from being in the LGBTQ community. Um, something that each of these stories have have touched on is something to do with self-hatred, self-harm, or suicide. Actually, I think all of you talk about it. Um, and... For me, hearing that is sad, very sad. Like, to me, I'm like, you are still human. Even if I don't understand, like, I'll be super frank, is I don't understand the transgender experience at all. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around it. I'm learning, (laughs) but it's just hard. And I think that it is wild to me that the LGBT community needs additional, like, protective rights in legislation. Because to me, shouldn't the normal legislation include them? Because you're a human. Mm -hmm. That's what these are for. Like, I have a distinct memory of actually hearing something on TV or something about some state was voting for some LGBTQ, like, protective... They were protective in nature laws. I don't remember exactly. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, why do they need that? And But that was because I was naive to the reality that some people don't view them as people. At least that's what... That's how I boil it down. Yeah. It's like, why would a, a whole group of people need extra rights when it's because, oh, because people are treating them like garbage, as if they aren't a person, that they don't deserve to be dignified and respected. And, I mean, and that's just like a, you know, that's like an overarching thing, but, I mean, it even boils down to, being at school and being bullied for your sexuality or people not understanding you in general and and not even taking the time. And to me, I'm just like, you're still a person. You still deserve respect, if anything. Yeah. But all that to say, like, I can see why that would drive someone to self-harm or suicide and i know that so much of that also has to do with like your internal reality too i think the thing that's hard for me this is just like a hard tension i can't change what i believe god says theologically but i think the tension that i have a hard time with is how theology can transform 
into this inner monologue that says that somebody isn't good enough or you know like that isn't yeah. acceptable um and then yeah that theology then causes physical harm mm-hmm. and people in my in the christian community would make the claim that like that is their choice and but and while i agree with that in some capacities i don't think that makes us exempt from being kind of part of the issue too and maybe it's how we handle it in general mm-hmm. like something that i gathered from anisa's story is nobody listened they didn't know what to do with them and the people in their community just brushed them off mm-hmm. and maybe I give more weight to that of being brushed off because of my own experience. But when I heard that, I thought, what garbage? Like, how how much of their experience could have differed if people in Anissa's life just listened? Mm-hmm. Um, and actually listened, not trying to, like, convey their opinion but just show up. Yeah. So, um... Sorry, I know I said a lot just now. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. You said a lot of... I mean, I'm glad you shared all that. Um, it sounds like what I'm hearing you say is you can understand how somebody could end up harming themselves Mm. uh, physically or emotionally given the community that they're in because some communities don't treat them like people yeah is is that a fair summary of what you're saying yeah so but you're also saying that you got a hold to god's you know truth and um, part of that is uh, acting on LGBTQ plus desires is a sin. Is that accurate? Yes, but I don't think that I would say... (laughs) Maybe I think the way that you just said it made it sound more dismissive. I think I was more saying that there is a tension there for me. Okay. Is that I... The reason I hold to this belief um, is because ultimately I believe that there's a reason that God said so. And ultimately, like, I believe that God wants the best, that God loves us and cares for us and while I don't understand sometimes I have to believe that I have to believe that God is the ultimate good yeah but where I have this tension is holding this theology 
and also seeing how much it can also negatively impact people. Yeah. That's a tension for me to wrestle with because I can see it being painful, but I also feel strongly about that truth at the same time. So Yeah. It sounds like you believe that the LGBTQ plus people should be treated better in their communities, um, generally speaking. In society. To help them not <laughs> experience self-harm. Um, in the Christian communities, what would that look like in a church community? And to... <laughs> To preface this, we realize I fully recognize that that's a really big question, and you mentioned that there's tension. Yeah. Uh, as far as I, what I heard you say was basically there's tension. It's like it's probably really hard for you to answer that question. So, um, but I do think it's a question that needs to be asked because if we're going to recognize all the hurt mm -hmm. and recognize they need to be treated better. Yeah. There at least needs to be a general idea of like, what would that look like? Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, we'll, it'll just be continually perpetuated, I guess. Yeah. So, well, I think it's kind of hard because then I think that's a hard question for me to ask, not only because it's pretty broad, but also because what I think should change versus what my community thinks is different, as I've already said. But also, then I'm having to guess at what would be a helpful solution yeah. <laughs> to the LGBTQ community. And I, it's actually funny that you're asking me this because I actually thought about it, is if my community can't change our theology, then how do we navigate that in relationship with people in the LGBTQ community? Yeah. You know? And that's something that I've thought about. It's like, how do we hold our theology and also love you well? Yeah. Well, that's that's the question I asked you. I know. <laughs> so, But I can't speak I know, for I you. Know, I know, but... Um, because I know in a perfect world, we both would probably be like, well, can you just give it up, you know? Or like, right. can you just like let go of your theology and... Uh-huh. Um, well, you see, I don't think <laughs> you can. Um, I know that's a big question or statement, yeah. but like... The theology is the problem. Mm. And if you can't change that, mm. then the actions will never line up right. Sure. Because I, I basically, I asked you that question because I don't think there's a good solution. Mm. Um, I think as soon as you say somebody's sexuality is a sin or gender identity is a sin, well, to live a life of repentance would mean to suppress it or change it which don't work but i also i i understand how christian people 
get to where they're at as far as like we believe that you know homosexuality is wrong we believe that there's a male and a female and there are certain ideas behind those things and that you know yeah you should be those things like one or the other right i i understand how you get there sure but i also just don't see a world where holding that theology and trying to help an lgbtq plus person and having it not be damaging mm -hmm. how that's possible sure um i think you can minimize some of the damage mm. but even the damage that there's going to be is going to be probably bigger than your community realizes that isn't lgbtq plus but i also i, I think tyler mentioned this in i believe the episode on hell we got on the conversation that's the he, one he episode said I finished. <laughs> he said you when you are called to a life of repentance there isn't an escape from there being some amount of pain. Hmm. So I also understand how the evangelical church can uh, say, well, that's just the way it's going to be. But, but to ask me, how can you love us well and hold that theology? My answer is you can't. Hmm. You can't love us well. You can love us in the way that you mean well um mm. when i say you i just mean yeah general you general yeah like the community yeah like you can mean well and have the want to love us well mm. which you can define that as love you know mm -hmm. subjectively but objectively the way that plays out in real time yeah does damage to the community because it's such a big part of the human experience for the lgbtq plus community yeah and to try to change that doesn't work suppress it doesn't work i almost think the best way to love us well would almost be to just move on mm -hmm. all right you're gay <laughs> all right you're trans but uh we're just not going to preach at you or like try to change you and we're just going to accept it and um i guess just you know how like uh like divorce was allowed in the old testament mm -hmm. um and even in the new testament it's like oh under certain conditions we'll just we'll yeah. allow it yeah you yeah. know yeah it, it almost needs to be one of those things like yeah we'll allow it uh because we think the alternative does a lot more damage than just letting you like live a gay lifestyle or a trans lifestyle is and you would have to believe that yeah in order to do what i just said mm -hmm. um i guess i am just <laughs> my goal or my objective is to help the non-lgbtq plus religious christian community realize that you guys are doing a lot more damage sure than the actual pursuit of just being gay or trans does to yeah. people yeah so i almost think the best way to do it is just to like let them do their thing um yeah still say like hey this is this is wrong like this is not god's design mm -hmm. and that still does damage even if mm -hmm. you have that yeah there's still like the dynamic of 
people, you know, smiling at you when you bring your boyfriend <laughs> over and treating you like normal, but you know, and the they, community's heads, it's yeah. like, oh, this is not as good as a heterosexual mm. relationship or mm. uh, we'll, we'll use they, them pronouns for you, but I, I believe you're a male, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that kind of dynamic, yeah. Yeah. that still does a lot of damage, probably more damage than yeah. um, your community thinks. But I think, I think that's probably the best way to love us well. Mm-hmm. But in summary, I don't think the Christian community can love the LGBTQ plus community well. Sure. Holding the theology, but trying to figure that out. I, yeah. don't, I don't think it can be done. I guess also maybe there was some assumptions in that question made. Because I, I maybe this is where I will probably differ from other people in my community is okay. I, and maybe I should have expounded on what I mean by love people well, um, because to me, it does no good for me to keep cramming my theology down your throat and hoping that you'll agree with me. Why would I do that? Like, it, it solves nothing. It doesn't further uh, a relationship with you. It doesn't... You're not going to change your mind, and I'm not going to change mine. Like, so for me to, every time I see you, to try and, like, prove my point does damage, no matter what the subject is. I will absolutely agree with you. To me, I, like also hear it as like why is it necessary to like beat the dead horse you know it absolutely makes no sense i don't know that's how i do relationships with people that i disagree with is i'm like we potentially have one conversation and i say hey this is what i think depending on my relationship with them and my position in their life some yeah. people i don't even do that because that's not my position in their life but sometimes it is, and sometimes I have to have one hard conversation, and I have to say, hey, this is where I stand, and, but that's because it does impact our relationship, in all reality. Not because I need to just get something off my chest, you know, but I will say, hey, this is what I think, but I still love you, and I want to continue being in a relationship with you. And I know that was a an example that you or a question that you asked somebody um, in one of the stories. I don't remember now. But I think that the way, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that I operate within that might look different to some people. So what you're saying is you are basically doing what I just said. Yeah. Yeah, literally. That's why <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. But I think maybe that's maybe that's why I'm thinking that maybe I there may be assumptions attached to that question. But I can't pinpoint them obviously cuz I'm not you. But yeah, like I maybe we both have the same <laughs> idea about it. Yeah, I do think that we can give it up. Why would we keep 
beating the dead horse or right you know like i to me i i'm not necessarily setting aside my theology to be in relationship with you like i still hold to it but i think that there's a way like i still in my personal belief system believe in my theology but i think that relationship is bigger than theology mm -hmm. i do i think and i think that jesus thinks that relationships bigger than theology there was many times where he points out to the pharisees like hey what are you doing we need to go help this person and they're like no no don't go help this person like it's the sabbath you know like that's just an example but it's the sabbath you can't do that that's breaking the law and he's like what do you mean this this person needs to be healed and it's all that to say like yeah i think relationships bigger so more important it sounds like you should be affirming <laughs> well what you just said i think <laughs> yeah but i still believe that the bible is true and i still yeah. believe that like i still believe that like in heterosexual relationships yeah being god's design. good sure yeah yeah keeping the sabbath is good and jesus believed in the sabbath but and practiced sabbath yeah but he also on the other hand was like hey we have we need to go heal this person right now and the pharisees telling him no like no you're gonna break the sabbath you don't work on the sabbath you don't heal on the sabbath and jesus is like yeah but it's about the he doesn't say this but like <laughs> verbatim but it's about the person it's about like this person needs to be healed so i'm gonna heal them because yeah. it's good uh-huh but so he's holding both like for lack of better words lay set down the sabbath to heal in order to heal this person and so here i'll connect that back to what i was saying is that just like jesus still upholds the the sabbath and agrees with it in this context and in my context i'm still holding this theology that i believe all the things we've just talked about. Yeah. I can still, I, he still holds, Jesus holds the Sabbath. I hold this theology. But in this context, Jesus puts this person and this relationship and healing over the, over, I use that loosely, because theologically that's incorrect. But he, he does, he can, there's more weight to the relationship than me holding my theology. But you brought up, well, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't think, I think you believe what you just said, but, okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying simply the example you brought up can mm -hmm. definitely be used in support of like thinking LGBTQ relationships are actually fine. Mm. Love your neighbor is the greatest commandment. Yep. I mean, love, love God, them. love others. Yes. That's what the Bible is about. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus was about. Mm -hmm. If you find out that the theology is not actually loving 
the people well. Would you say that it would be best to ditch that theology in favor of the greater theology of loving God and people? Hmm. Would you at least... So, I understand that you probably don't believe ditching that theology is in the best interest of them. But let's just say, let's just say that... Well, and are you saying practically speaking? What do you mean? Like, practically speaking, ditching my theology in order to have a relationship with them. In order to love them. Yeah. Yes. And I... And I to preface this, I probably, well, I do understand that saying that acting on the desires of an LGBTQ plus person isn't in their best interest. I'm guessing that I know that's your position. Sure. Yeah. So to say to ditch that theology would mean you're not loving them well. But let's just say that if you found out that the theology, there's no doubt that it is just harming people Mm -hmm. badly. And you held to the theology, or the greatest commandment, the heart behind all of theology within the Bible is to love God and love others well. Yeah. And you found out that not letting an LGBTQ plus person act on their desires was harming them very badly. Would you ditch the theology of acting on LGBTQ plus desires is bad? Like Jesus did with the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Did my question make sense? Yeah, it did. If you have a better way to communicate it, then yeah, say it. But I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'll try as you're thinking. I'll the heart of Jesus is to love God and love others. Mm-hmm. If you found out that not letting an LGBTQ plus person be LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. was not loving them, would you allow them to be who they are and act on who they are because you favor loving God and loving others more than anything else? Did that make sense? Yeah, it does, but I... Yes, makes a lot of sense. I and we're in hypothetical land yeah. because I know you don't. Yeah, there are a lot. It's complex when you really break it down. Yeah. But hypothetically, yeah. But I think it's hard for me hypothetically because I see it as people. So to uh-huh. talk about it hypothetically is like I actually sometimes I hate talking hypothetically about when it's like a human thing because I'm it's so easy to say at least in my community we talk about different theological ideas and we like forget that people are involved and when rubber meets the road your theology doesn't uphold because it's your brother or it's your mom or it's your you know it's someone in front of you and that's different you handle it differently when it's right in front of you than when we're having a hypothetical discussion so that's why it's hard for me because I think everybody's experience is different. Uh-huh. But I know you're trying to 
well, okay. pinpoint more where I fall. I just, I just think you're so close to being affirming, <laughs> and, but you're not quite. Something might not just be clicking because you're like, in my mind, you're like this close. So, I think what I think what you because because you agree that loving your brother and sister is more important than holding to theology. Yeah, yeah. Like true. doctrine. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I think you don't have to search very far mm-hmm. and wide in the LGBTQ plus community to realize that the theology is killing us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely, literally killing us. But is that theology in practice? Is the theology in practice? Right. What do you mean? Yeah. So the way in which I live out my theology is different than other people in my community live out their theology. For some of the examples I gave where people are some people will cut off a relationship with somebody. Okay, so... So that's, yeah, that's my clarification. So when you're saying when living out the theology as in, yeah, like living out a lifestyle of an LGBTQ plus person is wrong, but I am going to embrace all the other theology, like you're made in the image of God, you're a person, you should be treated well... Um, and perhaps I'm not going to preach at you all the time or just stuff like that. When mm-hmm. everything's lived out well, like when all of Christian theology is lived out well, and that's directed towards an LGBTQ plus person, there shouldn't be a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah, I. that's something, well, just... This might be a caveat, so you can cut it if you don't want to hear it. But that's something that I often come back to is, and it's something that one of my professors said, is, I don't care what your theology is. I care about what your practical theology is. What does your theology look like lived out? I don't care what it looks like on paper, but what happens when you go out into the real world and have to live that out? Yeah. Then what does it look like? Who do you look like? Yeah. And that's something that has stuck with me ever since. It's, yeah, good point. Like Was that Dr. Harper? No, Metzger. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, and that's stuck with me because I think that's true. I think that, again, this is a caveat. I don't think God cares about what our doctrine statement is or like he doesn't care about what our theology is on a piece of paper he cares about what it looks like when you're actually living living in the world yeah um and how that manifests itself in relationships yeah yeah well i i yeah i now i understand what you're saying (laughs) and i think I think you understand my my question. It's an ongoing question, I think, 
for you to ask yourself and for me to ask myself. It's like, well, for you, it's when living out that theology or the theology you think, you know, mm-hmm. is in the Bible, is that still damaging to mm-hmm. the LGBTQ plus community and how damaging is it? Yeah. Because if it's killing people, I'm sure you would think, well, maybe something's up with my theology if it's yeah. killing people. Maybe not. Some people justify that. It's like, well, Jesus says, carry your cross. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, or whatever. But like, <laughs> All right, in my mind, if something's good, it probably shouldn't kill people. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I should ask, is 90% of what I'm reacting to just like a bad manifestation of Christian theology? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Hmm. Another theme I heard um, throughout these um, stories was maneuvering through family relationships or just like with people that disagree with you. The thing that I noted is there were a few contexts where the person speaking had this inner monologue in like a social situation of what are they thinking of me or they're walking on eggshells or I don't want to hurt them or I don't want to make them uncomfortable and while I understand where that comes from I also think that that's not necessarily your responsibility I don't think that it's your responsibility to take on people's emotions and alter yourself slash not be yourself because of how other people will feel. Um, I to, there's some degree there of like that I can understand of like not wanting to put yourself on blast by just being fully yourself. But I also think that if people can't handle that, that's on them and not on you. That you don't need to be responsible for it. I I do think there is a thing of like being respectful, sure. And I think that you can do that and still be yourself. How your family dynamic is, I don't know. But I would say like from like the Christian community, I would way rather you be honest about it than... You not saying anything, us hurt you, and then you just pretend like it didn't happen when in reality you took that to heart. I think that we need to communicate. And I would say that not even in this con, like I would say that to just anybody, like in even in the Christian community, like if there's an issue, like let's talk about that, like let's air that yeah. out. Um, I think that's just a healthy relationship. Etiquette. <laughs> Etiquette, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, having emotional boundaries to be like, hey, like this is who I am. This is, I don't know. This is how I'm, I'm, I know that I'm welcome in this space. So the fact that you feel uncomfortable, that's not for me to hold. Like there, I think that, and obviously emotional boundaries is hard to apply and hard to remember. But I think that if you can 
work that muscle, I think that would be good. And I think the same goes for the other side to that coin too, is like people in the Christian community need to like hold their emotions and not put it on other people and not put it on people in the LGBT community because you don't know how to handle them because you feel uncomfortable. Well, don't make other people feel uncomfortable. Recognize that you, that's your emotion to hang on to and not to, and to process and to not project or put responsibility or blame on another person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, that's way easier said than done, but I think it's a, it's a healthy boundary to have. Something that I wanted to note um, specifically with like gender identity, I think it would be really helpful to not dance around it or wait for us to bring it up. I think just saying it and getting it out in the open um, is more helpful than us doing this weird walking on eggshell situation because I think what happens is both parties are trying to interpret what the other person wants or needs or, you know. And yeah. in the end, someone gets hurt because we're not communicating. And, again, I do note something that Anissa had said is they, um, I think they used the phrase, like, putting themselves on blast or something or, like, uh, exposing yourself so i do want to note that it is like a vulnerable thing but i think if the relationship is worth it then to just say it and for me personally like i would way rather someone come to me and say and be straight up about it than for me to just go along like with my assumption or going off their gender expression and then hurting them or offending them or whatever then someone to just be straight like mm. just shoot me straight ultimately like i want to respect people and love people and yeah. i think that leaving it for interpretation and then also not communicating about it after it's happened is really damaging and to any relationship and so, yeah, I think communicating yeah. is helpful. Mm -hmm. Especially if this is someone that, like, you've known your whole life and then, but you only see them every couple of months or, you know, on holidays or I don't know. Like, we don't know. Right. We, we don't know unless you tell us. And yeah. Yeah. So communicating is mm -hmm. my big thing. Yeah. So is this all with, uh, gender stuff or are you just saying in, in general in general yeah like i think i mean you had noted something about like people walking on eggshells and stuff around you and maybe not you, but i don't know specifically maybe um and or just like them feeling uncomfortable and i think i think that like wow i think that's annoying and i think is very damaging i also think that there's like an element to that that has to, that you have to say that's on them yeah. you know um 
Because I think that emotionally, I think if, if you can emotionally separate, and like I said, I definitely think boundaries are a muscle, so I don't expect it, like, it's not like a, you just show up and you're good to go. But if you can have that emotional boundary to say, nope, that's on you. Like, that's yours. You're the eggshells. Like, yeah. I'm just showing up. Like, mm-hmm. like the person that's hosting this party invited me, so I'm going to be here. Because I'm <laughs> allowed to be here just as much as you. Yeah. And so, yeah. So having that boundary to be like, nope, that's on you. And I'm not going to internalize that because it's not mine. Yeah. Like, this is just me. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think that has to be how you navigate relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, with non-affirming people, say who you are. Expose as much as you need to to feel okay. Yeah. <laughs> and have them respect the boundaries and vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. You did say that, and if they don't treat you well or, uh, or what they're thinking, what they're thinking, that's on them. I agree. I agree with that. I do have a caveat to that. I I would say that that is very, 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 very difficult to do because as you, I don't think you were denying that, but it's Mm -hmm. just like, most LGBTQ plus people who go to a party with non-affirming people and they know it, mm-hmm. they probably won't stay that long or they probably wouldn't be there to begin with. Yeah. Because, because it's just so difficult. Well, and I – correct me if I'm wrong, but I could imagine it also possibly feeling like there's like a target on your back for lack of better words, or like, who's going to say something to me today or in this given hour? So I definitely feel that. I feel like I've been in those situations before. It's those kinds of situations that sometimes I am fearful of what people in my community are going to say. Mm -hmm. Because flippant or not pain is pain you know yeah and and i'm not saying that i'm perfect at handling everything either but i do think that there is a way to be genuinely welcoming and accepting and maybe that goes back to like the kind of relationship that the kind of relationships that you have with those people in that community so I definitely can see that. Anyways, I guess what I'm trying to say is like I agree that the emotional boundary part is really is really really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, because I agree. I think boundaries in general are really hard. But even that one, when you feel when it's just you in a non-affirming atmosphere, mm-hmm. that you would alone yeah um definitely and just to add kind of just just expand on kind of what i was trying to say yeah. is like 
we're social everybody's a social being like mm-hmm. i i've heard a lot like don't don't care about what other people think mm. it, it it's it's kind of what you said um like that's their stuff you know mm. like that's on them but human beings just don't aren't able to do that fully mm-hmm. i mean i think that's a good way to defend yourself like it's a good defense mechanism but yeah. even with that it's impossible like it's it's basically an it's an impossible task cuz like we i even heard this in christian circles it's like don't care what about what other people say i mean just care about yeah. what god thinks yeah and that's and a it's hard like, one it's like well actually that's not how we're wired mm-hmm. <laughs> like like even even in the bible you know when you have a relationship with god god's like oh go do relationship with others mm-hmm. like it, it's i i almost think it's it, it's we are going to care what other people think yeah and we should it's natural mm-hmm. and there's really no escaping it so i guess what i'm saying is i don't i i think that yeah setting up boundaries and saying hey uh this is who i am and i'd like you to respect these boundaries that's really good and i agree with what you're saying um it just yeah and i think you would agree with this depending on the community mm-hmm it would be really hard to do that party or do relationships in that situation. And even if, well, to really pinpoint like a practical scenario, I I've talked about this in my story, but like when I'm around people who are very welcoming and but i know that they're not affirming Mm -hmm. if i were well it's always in the back of my mind you know Mm. what are they thinking yeah yeah (laughs) it's not necessarily what are they doing it's what are they thinking and especially if i bring a boyfriend Mm -hmm. it's very much not what are they doing it's what are they thinking yeah and i think that's a um because we are relational and we do care what other people think i think it's uh it's natural and you can't really escape it and it's really just up to the lgbtq plus person Mm -hmm. to ask themselves am i even able to do this Mm -hmm. And, and and a christian person too like yeah Something that I have a hard time wrapping my mind around is I understand that sexuality is a is a big part of the human experience. I get that. But I think where I have a hard time with what I have a hard time with is why is it a big identity thing? I'm not and I'm not asking like you I'm not asking you to minimize it either. But I just think that it's been a very big identifier as a person and i'm not talking i'm i guess i'm yeah i guess specifically i'm talking about sexuality not about genderism 
Okay. Well, that brings up the question as what, who are we? What mm-hmm. makes up our identity? Just to get the listener's mind going, I guess. I'll start with you, I guess. So okay. what if I told you, Malia, I, uh, I don't approve of your relationship with Noah. <laughs> I like you. Mm-hmm. I accept you, but um, your relationship with Noah is a result of sin. And I think you guys need to be divorced. I'll have you guys over. I wouldn't say this, but in practice, I'd still have you guys over, right? Mm-hmm. I'd still enjoy you as people. I, I, I'd like how Noah's good at skateboarding. I'd like how uh, bad at Egyptian rat screw you are. You know? oh, take it back. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd, I'd enjoy you guys, but sorry. But the, the very fact that you are sexually attracted to Noah and want a romantic relationship with Noah. That's sin. And so when when you have that urge, that's sin. And certainly if you act on that urge, like get married, I'm not for that. I'm sure that puts a little dampener in the party for you. <laughs> I'm sure that would hurt you, right? Yeah. Uh, hurt your, hurt you. Mm. It's not just a section of you. Mm-hmm. It's it bleed your your attraction to Noah, and your relationship with Noah bleeds into so many different areas of your soul and life. Mm. Um. So that that's just a, a little thing I can say. Yeah. Um, sexuality is just so, it's such a big part of the human experience mm. that it bleeds not just into your body, but into your actual story. Yeah. As a person. Yeah. And some people believe your identity is simply a story. Mm. I mean, just, just think about your relationship with Noah and how much that affects everything that you do and what you feel yeah and uh what you experience i guess yeah so so when when somebody says to to me drew i accept you but i don't agree with your sexuality and i don't believe like say i have a boyfriend i'm single right now but when i have a boyfriend <laughs> yeah like i don't approve of your sexuality Mm. but i approve of you as a person well they're completely contradictory yeah so i mainly said that because i'm trying to have the listeners feel the bodily reaction that they have to what i just said Mm -hmm. i am sure well how did it make you feel when i said that about you and noah yeah, I mean, he's like the extension of me. So it it probably hurt, right? Yeah, you felt something. Right? I mean, I don't believe you, but yeah, no, but I, I, I don't think that. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> but if it were true, but it's like a yeah. 
slap to the like a punch to the face. Yeah. So what I said wasn't very concrete as far as the philosophical reasons mm-hmm. why it is such a big part of our identity, but it is. And the way you know is because it felt really shitty when that was said to you. Mm. And that's how it feels when I'm around non-affirming people. Um, if you, if you want to go philosophical, I think there are multiple parts of who we are. Some of it's our physicality. Some of it's our story. Some of it's just how we experience the world. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of, I think your sexuality is in all three of those boxes. Mm. Um, and if you want to, I don't have a ton of time to talk about this, but I've heard all my life, your identity is you're a child of God. Mm. Well, the thing about being a child, being a human, is that we're really fucking complex. Yeah. And just saying, like, find your identity in that. Like, that's your true identity. Mm. And therefore, you don't, your sexuality is, like, not as big as that, as Mm. being a child of God. Well, your sexuality is actually under the umbrella of being a child of God. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge part of who you are. Yeah. So that's just a little snippet, I would say, yeah. about that. I can talk more about that. No, but... that was really good. So And that helped, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Malia, we are uh, getting low on time here, but I just wanted to see if you had any closing things you would like to say to the LGBTQ plus community slash the Christian community. Yeah, I think um, to reiterate something I said at the beginning is I think it for the LGBTQ plus community um, I think it would be helpful to weed out the things that people have told you about who you are in God's eyes and actually figure out what God actually sees in you and what he actually says about you and not just from the do's and don'ts perspective um i think to the christian community i think that we need to weigh our theology in action um and see if our practical theology meets with the relational heart of God. Because I think that's how we're supposed to live in the world. Um, And I will say, I don't necessarily think I do it perfect, but I know that I'm doing my best. Awesome. Well, thank you for talking with me about this, Malia. Yeah, thanks for having me.
All right, that concludes Malia and my conversation. So I know that that conversation may have been difficult to listen to, no matter what side you were on in the discussion. But I'm hoping that progress was made in your own journey in some way as a result of listening to this. So I'm curious, though, if you have anything to add to what Malia said or what I said, or perhaps you have something else you would like to share regarding this topic. So if that's you, I encourage you to share whatever thoughts you have on the Project Matter social media pages on the post pertaining to this episode. Thanks for listening.